This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody. To the latest episode of the flagship podcast. This is the preview flagship podcast. Joining us, the preview Saturday's Big 12 opener between the Texas Longhorns and the Texas Tech Red Raiders is Jarrett Johnson, publisher of InsideTheRedRaiders.com. Jarrett Johnson, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. After an intro like that, it's hard to live up to it, man. You have that. That announcer's voice going for you. That's, that's Chip. How are y'all? Man, I'm fired up. I, I'm excited about this game. Maybe it's because of the crazy, zany, wacky uh, game last year in Lubbock when t- no one was suspecting Texas would have an issue with Texas Tech, and they were down 15 with 313 to play, and somehow, some way, Texas got that game into overtime and ended up winning the game. But, Jarrett, when I look at this year's Texas Tech team, I mean, you tell me, but you bring in Tyler Shuck, the the quarterback from Oregon, um, and then, you know, you and I were talking yesterday about some of the transfers who've come in, and Matt Wells said today that this is a veteran team he's bringing to Austin, Texas. He sounds confident. Who are some of the new faces? And tell us about Tyler Shuck. Well, first off, starting off with Shuck, I mean, I mean, everybody remembers Mahomes when he was at Tech, but of course, they had like the worst defense in college football. I mean, statistically, maybe the worst defense in the history of college football, or at least up there. So that always offset what Pat could do offensively. It felt like he had to score every possession. Um, since Pat's been there, this is the most talented quarterback, and it's not even close that that Tech has fielded. He's uh, Shuck, six five, two hundred twenty five pounds. Uh, he has a legitimate arm. I mean, one of those out. If you don't wear gloves, if you're not really ready for it, he'll rip the the leather will rip the skin off your hands. That that kind of arm um, throws a great deep ball. Has the ability to take some touch off it on some of the shorter passes or, or routes that he needs to. Um, he also has surprising speed at his size. He's not really a juke stick kind of guy, but when the play breaks down, he can get you know move the chains. He can outrun even some linebackers in this league uh, for that corner to move the chains, which is kind of surprising to see in person because of his size, to be honest. Um, now, yeah, on the other hand. 5'2", 30. 225, yeah. 225? Yep, yep. Yeah. So he, he looks it. You know what I mean? Some of those guys don't look it. He, he looks it in person. Uh, now, on the other hand, he is somewhat green. Now, he started 10 games now, which – you know, that's not – I mean, he's not like a noob out there, but at the same time, he's going through some growing pains, which we saw. I mean, he threw uh, a couple interceptions against Stephen F. Austin, also had a strip sack. But then he comes back and puts up, you know, the, the best performance in his career last week against Florida International with 
almost 400 yards and four touchdowns, plays flawless football. So it's kind of, and I think this is going to be a key. Really, everybody's talking about the running games and and the and the defense's ability to stop the running game on both sides. But I think it's going to be, and I guess you could say this a lot of times, but I think it's going to come down to which quarterback or quarterbacks play the most efficient uh, football this Saturday. It's probably going to lead his team to victory. Well, we know that um, we'll stay with the offense for a minute. We know that Matt Wells is going to run tempo. He's going to go fast. Texas ran into that in the second half against Arkansas, did not fare well. The defense was worn down from being on the field the whole first half, but that didn't go well. Tell us what uh, what people can expect from this Texas Tech offense. I mean, obviously, receiver Eric Ezukanma. All Big 12, one of the best receivers in the country, six foot three, 220 pounds, will run by you, will run over you. And then I got to hear, I got to know more about, I mean, I was ready for Sir Roderick Thompson, but tell me about my man Taj, who's averaging 8.1 yards per carry, Jared. Yeah. Uh, you, you said it with EZ. I mean, obviously, both Tech and Texas have had great receivers over the years. EZ's in the, in the pantheon. I mean, he's, He's legit. He's one of those guys you could throw. And I think we're going to see this with the way Texas plays defense, trying to keep everything in front of him. I mean, you're going to see that EZ can catch a quick hitch or a screen and is very elusive uh, after the catch. But he also is a deep threat. So, I mean, EZ is a complete package. Now, in terms of Taj, yeah, he's a guy out of Manor, Texas now, who was very pro- uh, productive, I mean, in high school. And I, I went and saw him play in person and was like, okay, some guys either have it or they don't in terms of running back chops. And what I mean by that is he knows how to set up his blocks. He has excellent vision. He's able to jump out of gaps that have been plugged into open gaps. And he also pushes the pile forward. He showed up on campus last year as a true freshman at about 205. Now he's up to 220. He's really pushing 225, but he still retained that, you know, the speed that he does have. He's more of a, um, I guess a home run hitter, more explosive than I was expecting for him at this level. He was in high school, but of course that's another beast. He's been very explosive so far when, you know, when given this opportunity with Sir Roderick being hurt uh, early on or, or recovering from his offseason shoulder surgery. But Sir Roderick's back. I actually asked Coach Wells today, you know, Tuesday uh, about Sir Roderick. He said, no, he's good to go. Um, so, you know, they really like, and for me, it's easy to say more because Tech hasn't had a lot of depth at the running back position in five, six years. This is easily the deepest they've been at running back since I've been here. And this is my ninth season uh, consecutively covering Texas Tech exclusively. So it's just not even close, really, in terms of the depth. And Taj is a big part of that. Well, we, we talk about Tyler Shuck, a guy who played at Oregon last year, as you mentioned, helped them go to the Pac-12 championship. And then you've got a running game with, with Taj Brooks, who's averaging 8.1 yards per carry. Texas fans will appreciate that because that's what Bijan Robinson averaged last. Well, he averaged 8.2 last year as a freshman. And that set the UT record dating back 50 years uh, for highest yards per carry average for a season. And, and then you add in Eric Ezukanma. I keep hearing about Texas Tech's offensive line not being quite what it should be, but <laughs> I get your point. Yeah. I mean, Eric has almost averaging 116 yards receiving per game. He's leading the big 12. I get what you're saying. Um, and there's some truth to that. I think that's what we're all trying to figure out is, is this offense legit or not because of the competition? Now it looked good against Houston. 
And that is, is at least something, especially in that second half where they outscored the Cougars by 31, you know, 31 to nothing. Um, but, you know, they didn't look good against Stephen of Austin. Um, and then they didn't have the ball a lot, of, even against Houston. Now they, they put together a complete performance last week, but it was against Florida International at home. How much stock can you put in that? Well, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. So obviously the level of competition takes a, you know, rises quite, quite a bit this week. And I think that's what we're all interested to see is how are they going to do against the Longhorns, which is, you know, easily the most talented team they faced this year. And, you know, the offensive line, look, I like TJ Storman at left tackle. He was a second team, all big 12 performer for TCU came over. That's an upgrade. Dawson Deaton's a four year starter at center. He's good. So really it, it starts coming down to what are those guards do? Um, what is this young uh, Caleb Rogers, who uh, he played a lot as a true freshman last year, which is always scary. Offensive lineman plays as a true freshman, but he, you know, he grew some, developed some in the off season. He does have talent, but um, you know, is he ready for Texas? You know, I, we don't know. So I, we're going to find out a lot about this offense because if you don't have a good offensive line, all those shiny, you know, uh, cars there, all those Ferraris like an EZ or uh, Corvette like a Tosh Brooks, they don't mean a whole lot you can't block for them. So there's a lot of questions out there still, even though we're three games in the season about the offensive line and the offense as a whole. Well, one thing I've noticed talking to Jared Johnson, publisher of inside the red Raiders.com have been the slow starts. I think they've trailed early in every game this year. They're three and Oh, as you mentioned, they beat Houston. They beat Stephen F. Austin. That was a scary game. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. But, but Florida international, but they trailed early in those games. What, uh, is there a trend there to the slow well, start? Yeah. I mean, there is. You just mentioned it. That is a trend. Um, the one thing, I guess the counterpoint would be that they did come roaring back in all those games. You know, the Stephen F. Austin game was very scary. I mean, to put it in perspective, uh, the Lumberjacks, which, I mean, look, Texas and Tech both have almost been victims. You know, Texas was a victim on the hard hardwood, and now Tech, I mean, came very close to, be, to suffering their most embarrassing loss in program history. Stephen F. Austin had goal to go. With under two minutes left, down six. I mean, it was right there. It, you know, we were looking at each other in the press box like, is this really going to happen? It's like, let's see. You know, uh, they held them out. Um, and in terms of the trend uh, of, you know, starting slow and all that, yeah, I, the good thing is is that Tech does have more depth, and especially on defense. I mean, it's not even close um, than they've had – since I can remember, and that that has paid dividends. I mean, that's why they crushed Houston in the second half, 31 to nothing. That's why they were able to come back and hold Stephen F. Austin uh, back uh, mercifully. And then that's why, you know, they overwhelmed Florida International, and that game was over by halftime. But, yeah, at first it was it was pretty scary um, for Texas Tech fans out there. So I, the, the consensus is if they start slow like that against Texas in Austin, you know, they likely won't be able to make that kind of – come back against, like, again, a higher caliber team, more talented team. Uh, we'll take a quick break here with Jared Johnson of InsideTheRedRaiders.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk about uh, Texas Tech, their view of Texas, now that they're leaving for the SEC and all that good stuff. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Jarrett, um, before we get, well, let's get to the tech defense and we'll get into all the, all the buzz around this game uh, with Texas now entering Big 12 play before, well, as a uh, future SEC member. But the defense, you mentioned it, deeper than they've been. And Matt Wells said today, you know, the strength of their defense is the front seven. Um, and I think he feels pretty good about the run defense of Texas Tech. What uh, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I agree with him. You have veteran, talented uh, guys up front on the defensive line. Jalen Hutchings at times is ended drives himself with consecutive plays, sacks and tackles for losses and pressure and stuff like that. He's a guy that as a junior in high school at 275 pounds ran for 800 yards and eight touchdowns when their starting running back went down. So he's 300 pounds, but he's very athletic. Um, Tony Bradford was the best defensive player on the best high school uh, defensive team in Texas at the Galena Park North Shore, North Shore team that had that epic game against Duncanville in the state championship. And he's developed and come on and, those two guys are stalwarts up front, um, big-time leaders. But you can go down the list up front. But really, you go to linebacker, and that's where it's at. And it's it's weird, right, to say when you, the first thing you should think of with Texas Tech is linebacker. This doesn't sound right. Yeah, you know? It hasn't happened since uh, my man uh, – uh, Zach Collins. Yeah. But, I mean, Colin Schooler, I mean, he's up there with the best in, in, the, in the Big 12. Rico Jeffers – Big-time team leader, uh, probably the best pass rusher, period, on the whole team. Uh, he's a guy they blitz a lot. He's, I mean, he's already, he already has a pick six and a couple sacks on the season. Just a, a really good player. Christian Merriweather, he – man, this guy's a freak. He's so he's such a good sideline-to-sideline side player that really the defense hasn't skipped a beat despite losing Jordan Brooks, who was an All-American and first-round draft pick who's tearing it up for Seattle right now, which that's really surprising to me. But he's a guy that on his official visit to Tech – in full pads, helmet, everything in the practice facility, did a backflip. So that's the kind of talent and athleticism this guy had, 235 pounds. Krishan Merriweather? Krishan Merriweather, yeah. So he's a he's a really good player in terms of sideline to sideline. Uh, but then you got Jacob Morgenstern, who comes in and provides depth, 6'4", 225. He's kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. You know, he's one of those super seniors who's been around forever. He played at Duke. This is his second year at Tech. He's added some toughness, uh, like I said, versatility. They got a guy from Florida who transferred in, and this kind of goes back to some of those those transfers that you talked about that I don't think I really answered because I got, got carried away talking about Tyler Shuck. But um, Josiah Pierre, six foot, 245 pounds. He's like third-string linebacker for Tech right now, and he's good. This guy would have been like on the front page of the media guy like four years ago for Tech, and he's like third-string. So that gives you an idea of the depth at Tech. And all these guys are playing to rotate them in constantly throughout the game so that at the end of the game, they're actually fresh, which to Texas, that may not sound crazy, but at Texas Tech on defense, this is a big difference. This is a big change. What I like to say is like they're basically – they have a legitimate power five roster on defense now with some guys that look the part, um, and that depth should help them, not just in games, late in games, but later in the season because we all know it's a battle of attrition out there because such a such a long season. Yeah, I mean, it's um... – I mean, where's the weakness on defense? Is there one? 
Yes, pass defense. They're still susceptible. Um, they're better in the back end, but you know, they're still giving up. They're still letting guys run free a little too much. It's not as much explosive plays like we're used to seeing with Tech, but uh, you know, offense, I said the offensive line's a weakness, and you'll see it immediately. You're like, okay, this is where they're they're not as good as you'd like them to be, maybe, you know. Uh, and then in the secondary, that's where like they're just they're not as tight in coverage as you want like a really good team to be. But they have they brought in a guy named Reggie Pearson who started as a redshirt freshman for Wisconsin, Wisconsin team that went to the Rose Bowl. He was known as the hardest hitting guy on a Wisconsin defense. That you know that tells you something right there. Um, Marquise Waters is another safety they brought in uh, from Duke. He was known as one of the better players uh, in the ACC in the secondary, and he just got a pick six uh, last week. Reggie Pearson was Big 12 Newcomer of the Week the first week. So those guys are legitimate players at corner. You know, Demarcus Fields is a good football player. Yes, he is. But the other corner spot is susceptible. They're susceptible to the quick, those quick uh, slot guys to get too many yards, get too open on tech. So that's where they can be had. And Texas certainly, I mean, look at the receivers. They have the personnel to attack it. And I, that's really where I expect that the battle to come down to is, okay, these defenses, they're going to trade shots with these uh, rushing attacks. I think both teams will get theirs at times and get stymied at times. What are these quarterbacks going to be able to do? Are they going to be able to take advantage of the secondaries when they have to? When it's third and eight, we know they're passing. Who's going to win those battles? Now, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, because you look at Texas Tech special teams. Austin McNamara is one of the best punters uh, in the Big 12. Uh, the field goal kicker is three of three. I saw as, as long as only 34 yards. Oh, he's got a leg. He can kick it from 50. So they're solid on special teams. Their their re punt return has been a problem. They've had a couple fumbles this year. They they're working a couple or muffs, whatever they call it. There's been a couple of turnovers in the punt return game. Um, so that's something to watch. Um, but other than that, special teams has been solid. Which I mean, that ended up being a huge uh, storyline in, in the last matchup, of course, with the sky kick and then the onside kick, all that. Actually. They actually uh, Houston in in the second possession of the game they tried to onside kick and were able to get it against Tech. So, I mean there are issues, um, but overall I would say this, yes the special team is pretty solid, especially the specialists. Well, Sonny Cumbie uh, leaving TCU to go to Texas Tech was an interesting storyline, especially considering you know it's not exactly clear how safe and secure Matt Wells is as as the head coach there in Lubbock, you tell us first and foremost, how safe and secure is Matt Wells. And, and then secondly, how Sonny Cumbie's doing in his, uh, his return home. Those are two big separate questions. They're two, they're, they're good yeah. questions. Those are big uh, meaty questions. I, I would say this, it's, it's well known here that there was almost a change at the head coach position at, at the end of last year. There wasn't. Um, they pivoted. Um, David Yost, the offensive coordinator, was relieved of his duties, and they brought in Sonny Cumbie. Now, bringing in Sonny Cumbie is like he's probably the most well-liked guy, or at least he was before the season started. You know how it goes. Uh, in terms of he's just, you know, he was, a, he was a great quarterback here. He's just a great guy. He's one of those real personable West Texans that everybody likes. Um, yeah, really, I mean, you, you have to travel far and wide to find somebody to say anything negative about Sonny Cumbie as, as a human being. Um, now in terms of going back to coach Wells, is he safe and secure? No, 
I mean, uh, Tech has had uh, a long stretch way before, you know, Coach Wells uh, came in of losing seasons. And Tech fans are sick of losing. They had that long stretch with Leach where they always were at least competitive. They went to a bowl game for, for decades, every you know, every season. Um, and then every once in a while, they'd rise up and win nine or ten games, you know, put some scares into the Texases and the Oklahomas of the world. And that just hasn't been the case. They've been they've been more down towards the bottom, towards Kansas, and and teams are and fans are sick of it, as they should be. Um, so, and then Coach Will starting with a couple of tough, you know, four wins, four win season in, in his first year, and then last year in ten games, for only four wins, and that uh, quite honestly, that Texas loss was really tough. I mean, because you know they should have won that game, and then yeah. so many things had to happen for Texas to come back, which did happen. Which Coach Wells, I asked him about that today. Like, is this is this program even over that loss yet? I mean, I, sh- surely the people in this building, you know, are excited to get another opportunity at, at this this team that they should have beat last year. In so many words, I asked him. He, no, I was expecting Coach Speak, but he didn't really give me Coach Speak. I mean, and then EZ was also up there, and he said, "Look, Coach Wells mentions this game a lot. It was the biggest L last year because we should have won, and the opponent, and all that. So this is a big game for them." And that was a big game on for for Coach Wells to lose that. So winning it, you know, this week would go a long way for him with fans, with the administration here, all that. Because like you said, I mean, Tech does seem to have a better team than they have had in a couple of years. Like this is a bowl eligible team, which isn't saying a whole lot. But then again, Tech hadn't been to a bowl in years now, so that would be an accomplishment in terms of Cumbie. Like you said, the, like. The fan base, fan bases are funny, right? I mean, the uh, it's it's off the, the charts in terms of like what people expect of offense here at Texas Tech, as you know. Uh, so it's very like defense is like you could be in the 80s nationally and be like, hey, we're doing pretty good. That's how the fans are. You could be in the 20s and like, man, this team is terrible in offense. What are they doing? You know, so that's kind of what we're seeing in terms of like I feel like Sunny Company is doing a good job of mixing things up. He's got a new quarterback, new left tackle. He's a new offensive coordinator. There's a lot of newness in the offense. And I think, you know, they're, they're, they, they're undefeated. They put up some points here. Uh, but I, the Natives are restless in terms of his play calling. Um, I think the, the the jury is still out with what fans think about Sonny Cumbie as an offensive coordinator. But, of course, people love, love the man. Well, um, Jarrett, obviously crazy summer, Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, accept invitations to join the Southeastern Conference effective 2025, although it'll probably happen before that. What is the mindset of Texas Tech players? We know the fans are, they just want to grab, you know, Bevo and throw him in a ditch. But, you know, what's what's the mentality, do you think? Is this on the radar yet for, for Tech players? Now, players, of course, we talked to them, Big 12 Media Day, and through all the media days about this. Uh, and I really believe this. Most of these guys are so – and they're young. Think about when you're young. You're so st- stuck in today and what you're doing right now. A lot of these guys, it, it's a veteran team. So it's not even really going to affect them. I mean, at least half this roster is going to be gone within the next year or two. So um, – and I'm not saying – I have no idea how long Texas and Oklahoma are going to be a part of the Big 12. I don't – you know, we'll, we'll see about that. I know what people are saying publicly. We'll see about that. But I think most of these guys are just dealing with the here now. They don't really care about that. It's funny to talk about, you know, I, I feel like they feel, you know, they feel like, but 
not it's just not really on the forefront of their brain. Now the fans, absolutely. I mean, if this game I mean, was in to... Lubbock, let's say this game was in Lubbock. Oh, if this game was in Lubbock, oh yeah. I mean, it's you know, in the basketball game, what is it, February first? I mean, they're you know, as they're saying, they're they're buying all their batteries and all that stuff, like people like to say it all, <laughs> which is a joke, of course. But I'm right. but um, you know, it, it, it's yeah. I mean, the, I would say the hate for Texas has never been uh, higher. It's funny because it's not. I'm not seeing that from for like for Oklahoma, other than there's been some interesting comments from the admin being surprised at Oklahoma admin and the way all this was handled. Other than that, like the fans seems like all, all the anger is, is toward Texas, which is, I don't know. It's funny to me. Um, I, I, I'll, a couple of things. I know you're awesome with, with uh, realignment coverage. I mean, you've been awesome with it for years. And of course, uh, you know, anything you do with realignment is gold, right? Like any kind of content you put out, I mean, you know, it's going to get like an unbelievable amount of hits. I mean, any little nugget is just so I love it from that perspective. But from a fan's perspective, I may be the only person in the country who am just so bored by it. You know, I just like the real until something tangible happens, which here we are, we find ourselves in. And I think the first reaction from fans was panic. I just think of that gif of Kevin Bacon and Animal House, remain calm. You know, that's what I felt like. Everything's fine. It was, you know, it's not. Everything isn't fine. But I think some of the developments, I think people, not everybody, but the majority of fans that I encounter are feel a lot better about the Big 12 moving forward than they did initially. Initially, it was like, it's over. The Big 12's done. What are we going to do? Are we going to have a place at the big boy table when the music stops? That was the whole thing. Now, I think they think people feel – better about the additions than the thought of the additions before all the excitement, you know, surrounding them. Yeah. Obviously the additions of, uh, of Houston, central Florida, uh, BYU and Cincinnati. Um, so let me ask you this, Jarrett, how do you see this game playing out on Saturday at 11 AM at uh, Daryl K Royal Texas Memorial stadium? You know, I don't have a feel for like, is, is Tech's going to get off to a slow start? I, you know, in covering football for so long, when coaches put an emphasis on something, which you know that that's they're going to put an emphasis on that, like you mentioned, you know, can't get off to a slow start against Texas. So it wouldn't surprise me if Texas actually or Tech actually got off to a good start, you know, and then Texas, came, you know, came back. And then I don't know which way that's going to happen. That wouldn't surprise me either way. But I do feel like, there's going to be a point midway or the end of the third where it's going to be a close game and there's going to be some mistake or some huge play. Something is going to happen in this crazy game. That's going to turn the tide. And that's just, I don't know. I just had that. I've had that feeling really since the end of last week. And this was set up and we saw UT was just drubbing rice, which was no shocker. Of course, and tech had already put the game away by halftime against FIU. I couldn't help but start thinking about this game. And I was just like, I really feel like this is again, going to be a close game. Now who's going to win. I don't, I honestly haven't even made a prediction in my head or pub on radio or on, on uh, inside the river or anything. Cause I'm not sure yet. Um, but before the season, I, I had Texas winning this game, but I, I really think it's going to be close. I really do. Yeah, I, It's amazing. This game always seems to be close. Um, and it, uh, I don't know. I I'm with you. I, I, the line I think opened at 11, it dropped to nine and that still feels too high. 
I would I would take uh, Texas Tech in the points. Um, yeah, anything know, over I, a touchdown, I think I would take Tech. Anything under that, I don't know. You know, because that's yeah. just you know that's just one play. I mean, I, yeah, that's what I, I don't know about you, but even if I didn't do this for a living, I wouldn't gamble uh, on sports. Yeah. That's other stuff different, but because. Uh, You'll see like a, you know, a Sir Roderick or a Robinson just rip off a 70-yarder that doesn't really have anything to do with the game to, you know, you lose money there that way. So I, all you out there who gamble on football, man, you know, uh, say a prayer for y'all because I don't think my heart can take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Jarrett, great stuff, man. I'm, I am fascinated by the game on Saturday and everybody needs to get over to InsideTheRedRaiders.com. And of course, if you're an annual member at horns247.com, you have access, VIP access, um, to the content on InsideTheRedRaiders.com. So if you're not a member at Horns247, become an annual member so that you can visit all the VIP content on all the team sites in the 24-7 Sports Network. Jarrett, thanks so much for the time, man. I know you're going 100 miles an hour. Really appreciate it. Hey, I always enjoy coming on all, all the shows, everything y'all do. Y'all do a great job over there. And I really appreciate when we, uh, you know, when they play each other and we get to do this kind of content together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for Jared Johnson, I am Chip Brown. Until next time here on the Flagship Podcast, thanks for listening. Stay safe and keep the faith.